Not sure what to make for dinner? Need some inspiration? Join Gabriel and his food hero guests every Wednesday on The Dinner Special. And now, here's your host, Gabriel So. Welcome to The Dinner Special. I am Gabriel So, and I am so happy to have Ali Ebright of Gimme Some Oven joining me here on the show today. On Gimme Some Oven, Ali creates fresh, creative, quick and easy recipes for sharing and does all the photo taking, recipe creating, food styling and taste testing for her blog. Now, apart from her recipes, Ali shares plenty of beauty, craft, fashion and gift DIYs, as well as music and movies, just to mention a few other things she writes about. Ali, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much, and thank you for that kind introduction. <laughs> oh, for sure, Ali. Let's start with the food on Gimme Some Oven. What drew you to start documenting and writing about your food adventures? Yeah, you know, I kind of did it just spontaneously. So I began the blog about six years ago, back in 2009, and I began it just totally as a hobby for fun. At the time, I was definitely in the process of still kind of teaching myself how to cook. And at the time, a bunch of my friends did not cook. So it was the sort of thing where I'd go to a party or something and people were like always asking for recipes. So once I stumbled upon the kind of idea and format of a blog, I decided it would be a great way to just organize my recipes and be able to share them like with, you know, a half dozen friends. <laughs> and then it, it ended up growing from there. But it began just totally as a fun, creative outlet and a place to just, yeah, help myself organize recipes. Before the blog, were you a writer, a photographer, or a food stylist? I mean, all these <laughs> skills that you need to be a food blogger. Did you do any of these things? Uh, no, <laughs> I was actually a musician prior oh, wow. to this. And so, yeah, I worked at a church for many years leading music. And then I also taught music lessons on the side. And so, yeah, cooking was just a total hobby. I knew nothing about photography. And I've always enjoyed writing and reading. But no, I, I had zero experience in just about all of the <laughs> major aspects of blogging, especially the tech side. I knew nothing about how to create a website or any of that. But it's been a fun thing to learn. Yeah. How did you hone these skills? I mean, did you just learn by Googling and YouTubing like I do for most things? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. And kind of back in the day before there were, you know, just a ton of food bloggers on the scene and so many resources out there. Yeah. I did a lot of Googling. I did a lot of research the old fashioned way by like talking to photographers or talking to writers or people who were like much better cooks than I was just trying to <laughs> have them actually teach me one-on-one, which now you can go to YouTube for any of that. Right. But yeah, it it was a fun way to start. And then, yeah, I think I'm naturally somebody who loves to learn and teach myself things. So it was fun to be able to begin in all of these things, like begin as a very amateur photographer and see where I needed to go <laughs> and slowly kind of inch my way there towards taking photos that I felt okay with. All right. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing it since 2009. So you, you've had a lot of time to sort of hone these crafts. I mean, it's really a craft that you've sort of gained with your photography and your cooking and your food, really. Yeah. And I mean, it's been step by step, like <laughs> the beginning photos on my blog, the beginning recipes. I mean, even the beginning writing. I think most food bloggers kind of look back on where they began and have a little bit of a cringe moment. But I don't know. On the other hand, I try and see it as, as like progress. <laughs> like anytime right. that I get down on myself or I feel like, 
you know, I'm not as good as I'd like to be. I can always look back to some of those first few years, especially and be like, oh yeah, don't forget. (laughs) You've come a long way. (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that when you first started the blog, you know, cooking was kind of a hobby and you were kind of really the only one amongst your friends that was really doing it. Were you always sort of curious about food and cooking? Yeah. You know, I think more than anything, I love to eat. (laughs) But also, even more than that, I've always been just fascinated and just, I don't know, so encouraged by the idea of kind of what happens when people share a meal together, just kind of that life around the table. I feel like it's such a special way that people connect in something that's, you know, so fun and nourishing and all of these good things at once. And so, I don't know, like food has always been like a very social thing for me, even you know, not that every meal is social, but those are the meals that I'm really inspired to cook. And anytime that you can have like good people around and have good conversations, I'm all for any of that. So kind of even back in the day, that was my main motivation just to like teach myself how I could cook a healthy meal. But if I had a few people over to dinner, nobody would go home sick. (laughs) They'd go home with full bellies. That's always a bonus. Happy memories. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You touched on this a little bit as well. I mean, when you were starting to learn to cook, there weren't as many food blogs and there weren't, you know, the YouTube thing wasn't as huge where you can just basically YouTube any kind of meal and and find out how to make it. How did you learn to cook? Yeah, you know, by trial and error. My mom is a fantastic cook and she cooked really well balanced and pretty healthy meals for us growing up. Like, I mean, almost every night we had dinner on the table and we sat around together. But she was also one of those moms that for whatever reason, she never really made me help her that much. So somehow I got to college and, you know, I knew a little bit, but not much. And by the time, you know, I was introduced to cafeteria food and quickly realized how good I had had it. I also realized I didn't know how to cook any of my mom's like, you know, special dishes. And so it was definitely in college when I had my first apartment with the kitchen that I started just kind of experimenting and figuring out how to make some of the basics. But then, you know, from there, especially in my 20s, yeah, I just really enjoyed the process of you know, following a recipe. And it's like with recipes, most of the time they work. I mean, they're the occasional duds, but I found like, you know, it was a pretty successful sort of experiment learning to cook that most of the time things turned out the way that I had hoped. And so I really enjoyed it. Great. On your blog, your recipe index is so diverse. You know, you you have (laughs) sweet things, you have savory things, and you also do gluten-free, vegan, dairy-free. How do you decide on what to make for the blog? Is it just what you eat during that day? Or is it specifically for the blog? You know, it's a mix. Like definitely a lot of the recipes on there are random cravings or foods that I've wanted to learn how to make just personally. But you know, as time has gone on, a lot of it is definitely geared much more towards my readers. And you know, I keep a running log of the different requests that they make. Like even today, I I posted we've had literally hundreds of requests now for a crock pot potato soup. Apparently everybody loves potato soup, but they really want to know how to make it in the crock pot. So like today, that was a recipe that was an example. Like I have a stovetop potato soup that I love, but they really want a crock pot version. So yeah, trying to find a good mix of things that different people want to eat. And even like, you know, with the different diets and such, that kind of goes back to my love of entertaining too. I feel like whenever I have people over, like I have lots of friends who are vegan or gluten-free or, you know, have different food intolerances. And like, I've always said that my blog is never going to be like a niched diet blog. Like it will never be all gluten-free, but yeah, I totally want to make sure that there are recipes on there that different people can enjoy completely. Right. You just mentioned that you don't, you know, want your blog to be sort of in a little bit of a pigeonhole, like as a niche blog. 
who would you say are some of your food heroes that, you know, maybe that you learn from today that sort of cover all these different things? Oh, man, that's a good question. And I'm actually that one weird food blogger who I hardly ever watch food TV. <laughs> like I haven't, I've never had cable and I, you know, occasionally catch things on YouTube. But I think for sure, Rachel Ray was probably the first person like her 30 minute meals. That's just how I cook. And I love that she's one of those pioneers in the industry who's just made cooking really approachable and easy and geared towards families being able to even if they don't have much time, because it's like, I feel like I have a busy life. And so many families have busy lives, just being able to make it possible to get like a healthy and well-balanced meal on the table quickly. So yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. I saw her, she came through Kansas City where I live and did a book tour like a year or two ago and I heard her speak and I was, man, the girl knows what she's doing. She was really impressive. And I think more than anything, I realized how hard she's worked at her career. And so I really respect her. Wow. I mean, let's say that, you know, you could cook something for Rachel, right? (gasps) What would you make for her? (laughs) (laughs) I personally love all things Mexican. So I feel like I'd probably make her some enchiladas or something like that. Yeah, I think she'd enjoy that. Yeah. (laughs) With lots of cheese. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. Awesome. Well, Ali, on your blog, you write more than just about food and recipes. You share a lot about your life, you know, relationships and stuff like music and movies. Were you always sort of this open with your readers or (laughs) did it come naturally or... Was it something that, you know, you had to work a little bit on? I mean, I feel like vulnerability is maybe something everybody always has to work on to like continue to open up your life and share it with people. But yeah, I don't know. Like when I began the blog, I definitely shared quite a few personal stories. But I think as more and more food bloggers have come on the scene, I've realized in reading other blogs, I guess that that's what I appreciate most about other writers, like hearing like authentic glimpses into their lives, like whether they're, you know, a mom raising four kids or, you know, somebody living in another country, whatever it may be. I feel like it's the stories behind the recipes that endear me to other bloggers. And so, yeah, on that note, I feel like I've tried to be really intentional the past few years with just making sure that my recipes especially aren't just kind of the typical, you know, like I made this, it was awesome. You should make it too. But when I, and sometimes that does happen, but in general, whenever I have a story or something to be able to share along with the recipe, I feel like, I don't know, it it also helps remind me of why it is that I cook and why things are important. But yeah, even like you mentioned though, I've, I've also (laughs) usually fairly impulsively, but I've dove into talking about some more personal topics on the blog. Like I was very, very, very single up until about six months ago, actually, when I actually met a very nice guy. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But like I talked about that for a few years on there and, you know, a lot of people really responded to it and yeah. And so even just that process has taught me about, you know, what a cool, crazy opportunity it is that, you know, I can be sitting in my little apartment blogging in Kansas City and share something that maybe somebody halfway around the world relates to. And, you know, and hearing their comments back has been so encouraging. And so, yeah, I'm always just amazed and really humbled by the connections that can be made by sharing personal life stuff online. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm always shocked when people from, you know, totally different parts of the world are listening to the podcast or like, you know, and and they write me emails about stuff. And they're like, from all over the place. And it's just crazy, right? Like how we can just connect through just this small common thing. Totally. It's nuts. And it's like, and I never want to get used to that, you know, like, it's becoming so common almost nowadays. But it's like, lest we ever forget, this is 
awesome (laughs) that we're at this point in history where that's possible and you know that we can be introduced to such cool people via the world wide web (laughs) yeah it's totally crazy yeah Allie as you mentioned you've been blogging since 2009 Mm -hmm. what does a typical day look like for you when you're working on your blog Oh, man. I think that's the thing I love about blogging so much is that there's kind of no such thing as a typical day. I feel like every day is different and there's always something new to learn. But that said, I definitely spend a lot of time. I wish that I spent like most of my time cooking in the kitchen, but there's a lot of time that goes into kind of running the business side of the blog behind the scenes, being like, you know, a solo entrepreneur, all the tech stuff, answering emails and comments and stuff like that. But then, yeah, for sure, cooking and recipe testing and photographing and writing the post, that's the fun part. (laughs) So I usually get to do that in the afternoons because I shoot when the natural light is good in my kitchen. So yeah, for in Kansas City, for my little off, that's afternoons. So usually in the mornings, it's kind of like all business. And I I happen to live next to the most charming coffee shop in the world, in my opinion. (laughs) It's really sweet. So I usually end up going over there in the mornings and just kind of working side by side with some fellow entrepreneurs in the neighborhood and then everybody kind of splits and we go do our thing in the afternoon so cool it's awesome that you have that community there yeah i love it i love it totally on your blog you also have fun diys have you always been a crafty person Yes. Oh my gosh. I love crafts. And if there were one area of my blog where I wish that I had more time and I need to just prioritize and make more time. I love being crafty. I loved it like long before Pinterest. My mom was actually somewhat of an artist and growing up, she had this like slab of a homemade wooden craft table for my sister and I, and we would just sit down in the basement for hours and just like come up with like silly crafty, whatever artsy projects that we could come up with. And so, yeah. Pinterest, whenever I have free time to just explore, I never look for recipes. I'm always looking for crafts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that, you know, I get the sense that, you know, you're just a person that's overflowing with creativity. (laughs) Where do you get the greatest satisfaction? Is it through your cooking or through crafts or music? As you mentioned, you used to be a musician. (laughs) Yeah, I love all things creative. And I'm kind of lucky. I don't know. I feel like a bunch of my friends are really creative. So there's just a lot of art, you know, and kind of literature and stuff like that. Those conversations are always swirling. But I honestly kind of enjoy the mix of creativity that is blogging. I I really do enjoy the photography and kind of food styling side of it. I really enjoy the writing more and more. But yeah, I think I'm just, I get really motivated by the opportunity to just learn something new. And I feel like there are a lot of creative avenues to do that within blogging. Um, But then at the same time, yeah, I play my piano and sing to myself every night. (laughs) So music is still a big part of my life. It's just no longer my work. Right. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've found like a really nice balance with the blog and sort of what you do on your side time with crafting and with music and stuff like that. So I think it's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Allie, here at the dinner special, we talk with food heroes about dishes that are special to them and how we can make it at home. Can you talk about a dish that is special to you and maybe the story behind the dish? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I've heard this on your other podcast. And yeah, speaking of Rachel Ray, I think the dish that means the most to me that I love making all the time for friends is actually my chicken enchiladas recipe. I know that's kind of like a chocolate chip cookie recipe. Everybody has their own preferences for how it should be. But my enchiladas, like I will 100% attribute that the brilliance of them, the magic of them came from one of my old roommates when I was in my 20s. Her name was Lisa. And she was just like one of my kindred spirits 
it's one of my dear, dear, dear friends. She now lives out of state. But while we lived together, she was actually a fantastic cook. And she was so generous. I remember that I would just come home in the evenings, you know, pooped from a long day at work. And almost always the house would just smell amazing because she was kind of teaching herself to cook. And she'd just be cooking up a storm with healthy meals every night. But I remember that she and I totally connected initially over our shared love of Mexican food. <laughs> and she said that one of her friends had taught her how to make this amazing enchilada sauce from New Mexico. And anyway, long story short, she taught me how to make it. And I've been making it ever since. And it is definitely not only one of my favorite dishes for entertaining, but it makes really great to-go gifts. So, you know, for friends who've just had a baby or who are coming home from the hospital or something, I almost always make an extra pan whenever I make that dish just so I can give one away (laughs) or maybe freeze it if I really want some for later but it's an awesome recipe and is this recipe on the website yep there's actually kind of two recipes for it I humbly call them the best chicken enchiladas ever (laughs) but then I also have a homemade red enchilada sauce recipe linked within it that's kind of the key to the recipe okay it is interestingly it's tomato free which a bunch of readers ask questions about it it's a red enchilada sauce but it's made red with a whole lot of chili powder so it's worth finding like a really good quality chili powder because that's definitely the main flavoring in the sauce Great. Well, Ali, let's say that you can invite three famous people over to share your enchiladas with. Now, you already mentioned Rachel Ray. Oh, man. Do you have, <laughs> do you have a couple of others that you want to sort of invite to, to celebrate together? Okay, yeah. So let's have Rachel. One of my favorite authors, actually, a modern author who I love, her name is Shauna Nequist, N-I-E-Q-U-I-S-T. And she wrote a beautiful book called Bread and Wine, which I think the subtitle is something like it's a love letter to life around the table. And she just, it's a series of essays where she just talks all about, you know, the role that food plays in our lives and how it connects people. And oh man, I had the chance to hear her speak live once. And yeah, I just completely adore her. Oh gosh, beyond that, I don't know. I probably invite my mom to come along because she's definitely the original one who taught me a lot about cooking and she always appreciates a good meal with good women. Perfect. Well, (laughs) I mean, I also know that you love music and movies. Yeah. If this was a movie and dinner situation, what movie would you pair with your enchiladas? Oh my gosh. Actually, that's funny you say that. There's a good movie that I was just thinking the other day I need to rewatch. It's called Tortilla Soup. And it's, I don't know, maybe 10 years old or something. And it's just a really sweet movie about culture and food and family and kind of how all of those come together. So yeah, I feel like that would pair very well with some enchiladas. (laughs) Well, tortilla soup (laughs) with enchiladas sounds like a perfect combination. Yes, right? (laughs) Totally. Well, Allie, I call the next part of the dinner special podcast, The Pressure Cooker. (laughs) I'm going to ask you seven fast and fun questions that we want to know your answers to. Are you up for it? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, cool. (laughs) Number one, which food shows or cooking shows do you watch? Oh, man. (laughs) I wish I watched more. But honestly, probably the only one that I watch regularly is Chopped. I really really like Chopped. (laughs) Number two, what are some food blogs or food websites we have to know about? Ooh, one of my best friends in Kansas City is Cookie and Kate, who I believe was actually on your podcast before, Catherine from Cookie and Kate. She's a fantastic vegetarian blog. For vegan, I highly recommend Minimalist Baker. John, yeah, John and Dana are just fantastic, talented cooks. Perfect. Number three, who do you follow on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat that make you happy? 
Oh, you know, on Instagram, I'm a big fan of Pumpkin the Raccoon. (laughs) I don't know if anybody follows Pumpkin. It's like literally a pet raccoon that is just (laughs) the absolute cutest. I'm also a big fan of the Two Sisters Angie account on Instagram, which is also under the hashtag Fashion by Mayhem. It's this really sweet little girl who makes these super creative dresses out of paper. Wow. (laughs) And it's just a fascinating account. Other than that, just there's a zillion food accounts out there that I also love to follow for inspiration. Number four, what is the most unusual or treasured item you have in your kitchen? Oh, gosh, I feel like I have a pretty normal kitchen. I do have a dehydrator that was my Christmas gift from Santa when I was 16 years old. I've always had a long (laughs) obsession with beef jerky. So (laughs) even as I've lived in like teeny tiny kitchens, I've always made room for my little dehydrator, (laughs) which takes up more space than it should. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Number five, name one ingredient you used to dislike that you now love. Ooh, Brussels sprouts. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I feel like they were given such a bad rap when we were young. They were always like boiled or something super boring. They're so good. Roasted. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When I was growing up, they were always boiled and they never had like the crust like on them, you know? And I was like, why did we never make Brussels sprouts like the way we make Brussels sprouts today back then? Right. Totally. Yeah, for sure. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Number six. What are a few cookbooks that make your life better? Oh, man. You know, anything from America's Test Kitchen. (laughs) I'm 32, so I feel like I've been to a zillion weddings in the last decade of life. And I give America's Test Kitchen's new best recipe book to all my friends who get married because I feel like it will never fail. And I love the research behind their recipes. And yeah, they have a new slow cooker one that's great. They have a cooking for two. Yeah, anything of theirs. I just 100% recommend. Perfect. And finally, number seven, what song or album just makes you want to cook. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's see, I have music on all the time when I cook. I mean, Pearl's happy. <laughs> Cooking makes me happy. So I feel like any song that kind of makes you want to dance in the kitchen, that's always a plus. But currently Adele's new album is on like full time in my kitchen. So <laughs> crying a few tears, cooking, you know, yeah. <laughs> a little slow dancing, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations, Allie. You have officially survived the pressure cooker. Woo-hoo! Awesome. <laughs> Allie, thank you so much for joining me here on the Dinner Special Podcast. Now, you're all over social media. What's the best way for us to keep posted with what you're up to? For sure. Anywhere on social media, really. Give me some oven. G-I-M-M-E. Give me some oven. We're all over Instagram and Pinterest and all that jazz. So yeah, anywhere on social media. And of course, the website is gimmesomeoven.com. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Allie, for taking the time to chat with me. I really had a great time. I hope you did too. Absolutely. You're delightful. And thank you so much for all of this inspiration that you're spreading around the podcast sphere. Your interviews are so fun and I always enjoy hearing them. Oh, awesome. It's totally my pleasure. And thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. Head on over to thedinnerspecial.com for recipes, highlights from every show, super blog articles, and all the wonderful ways to keep in touch on social media. Your culinary journey awaits, so let's get cooking.